Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is a son of Bishop Daguerre Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Makaras Church Teshi in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Daguerre Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Oh, that is 
let us stand to our feet. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence, to hear your words, to be instructed, to be blessed. We pray that the entrance of your word will bring light, revelation. Let us be touched and changed by your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's spend some time worshiping the Lord. Lift up your hands. You know, imagine being in heaven one day and it will all be over. Any and every problem you have today will be over one day. Your sorrows would have ended. Your tears. Are you married? It will not matter. Do you have children? It will not matter. Are you educated? It will not matter. Are you struggling with money? It will not matter. Are you struggling with sin? It will not matter in that day. Are there any addictions you are fighting to overcome? It will not matter in that day. In that day, all that will be important will be that you are in heaven, washed by the blood of the Lamb, having gained an entrance. Imagine standing before Jesus. Worship him. In that day, whatever you didn't accomplish on earth wouldn't matter. It would be all about Jesus. The Bible calls him the lily of the valleys. The Bible calls him the rose of Sharon. The Bible calls him the lily among thorns. There's none like Jesus, really. I want us to fall in love with him this morning. In the light of his presence, all our troubles, they fade away. Even for the few moments when we come to church, he said that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. Jesus is here amongst us this morning. The Bible speaks of Moses and the patriarch and of Abraham. He says that for the endured are seeing him who is invisible. As seeing him who is invisible. Let us also with eyes of faith see Jesus standing amongst us this morning. Let us worship him. Let us love him. Let us love him. That is the greatest commandment. Let us love him. I want to implore you to see Jesus standing amongst us this morning. With eyes of faith. With eyes of faith. See Jesus. It is just you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus. No one else matters. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. It is just you and Jesus. Forget about me. I am not important. Imagine Jesus and you being the only ones in the room this morning. He's the only one that matters. Speak to him in your own words. Love him in your own words. Sing to him in your own words. For in, he inhabits the praises of his people. We build him a tabernacle, a house with our praises. 
kalumasi andelele busamakaya. And when there are no words, there's nothing left. Our love sings to you. Oh, and when there are no words, there's nothing else. Our love is saying to you. Oh, oh, when there are no words to say, when there are no words, and there's nothing else, there's nothing else. I love sing to you. Oh, 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 oh. And the words. Can you put the words on the screen? I love, I love sing to you. Yeah. 
I'm so in love with you. So beautiful. So beautiful. I'll fix my eyes. I'll fix my eyes on you.
Many problems in our hearts. Change our hearts. Soften our hearts, Lord Jesus. Our hearts are hardened by the experiences, by the world, by sin, by darkness. Soften our hearts this morning. Take us back to how we were. Take us back to the beginning. Soften our hearts, Lord Jesus. Soften our hearts. Soften our hearts, Lord Jesus. Take away the strife. Take away the bitterness. Take away the unforgiveness. Take away the strife from our hearts. May we never be the same again. Assure us of your love for us, Lord Jesus. Assure us. Give us once again the joy of salvation. The joy we had when we first got saved. When you were our portion and all that we had was you. When all that we had was you, Lord. When all that we had was you. And when our faith was holy in you and nothing in this world mattered. When nothing in this world matters and all that we had was you. When you were our portion and you were enough for us. When you were enough for us. Take us back to that state, Lord. To the childlike state. When you were all that we and you were enough for us. When education couldn't be compared to you, when our jobs couldn't be compared to you, when human love couldn't be compared to you, take us back. We have deteriorated, Lord. Experiences have hardened us. And we no longer see you as you truly are. And we no longer see you as you truly are. And we no longer see you as you truly are. Take us back to our first love. You are our first love. You are our first love. Take us back to the place of trust. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together as you take your seats.
Well, um, we, we are blessed to be in church this morning. Amen. Today I want to share with you from chapter 2 of um, Bishop's new book, The Preparation of the Gospel. I thought you would put your hands together in happiness and excitement. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27. It says, Prepare your work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build your house. Amen. It says that um, prepare your work. Preparation is important if you are going to accomplish anything in life. If you are going to be successful in life, then preparation is critical. And to prepare is to make something ready to be used or for consideration. So that's why sometimes we do wedding rehearsals. Because the title of my message is to uh, prepare, is to rehearse ahead of time. Rehearse is from the word to rehear. When you are going for rehearsals, you are rehearing the song you are going to sing. Where you go for dance rehearsals, you are re-dancing the dance you are going to dance. You can never succeed in anything without rehearsals. The message I'm preaching to you this morning, I spent a whole week preparing it. Oh, yes. I spent a whole week preparing it. 90% of the rehearsals has been prayer. <laughs> yes. 90%. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating, but maybe it cannot be led that 80% of the rehearsals to preach this morning, this message, has been praying about it. The whole of Monday night, whole of Tuesday night, whole of Wednesday night, whole of Thursday night, whole of Friday night, whole of Saturday night. To come and prepare. I've been rehearsing the message. I've been going over the points, reading so that it enters my spirit. Paul said, it is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, not the sword of the mind. You see, because the word of God can enter your mind, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't enter your spirit, it won't work. So I pray for you. I also pray for myself. Then after I finish the present, I meditate on the words I'm coming to speak. Then I say, Lord, one day you will judge me for this message I'm coming to preach. Help me to minister this message in a way that will be beneficial and help those who will come to church this morning. So they have to meditate on it. The Bible said the wise man shall hear an increase in learning. So when I see one scripture, then I meditate on it. What other verse can I add to it so that the people will understand it better? Because I am coming to serve them with the word of God. In Mark chapter 9, the disciples were walking somewhere with Jesus. And the Bible says that when they got to their house, Jesus asked them, what were you discussing on the way? And they were afraid to answer the Bible says because they had been discussing who would be their greatest. Is it the one who has taken his wife to Dubai on vacation? 
<laughs> is he the greatest? Or is he the one who um, is a chartered accountant? Or is he the one who is a lawyer? Or is he the one who is a manager of a pizza chain? Or is he the one who is a, a bank branch manager? Or is he the one who is a police intelligence woman? Who is the greatest? They were afraid to answer. But Jesus already knew. Every time God asks you a question, he knows the answer already. One day when I was in India, I caught a Nigerian boy. He had gone to sleep with one of my church members. So I called him at... at no, 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 no. It was a Ghanaian boy. I had gone to sleep with one of my church members. So I called him at 1.45 in the morning. And I asked him. I mentioned, he said, have you gone to sleep with this person? They said, no. I said, are you sure? He said, no. Then I put the phone down. As soon as I put the phone down, he called a Nigerian friend who was close to me and said, Has Rev asked you anything about me sleeping with The way he narrated the story to the Nigerian, the Nigerian who was close to me told him that, ah, but why did you lie? Don't you think that for such a man to call you at 1.45 and the only question, he doesn't say good morning. As soon as you pick the phone, he says, have you slept? Don't you think that it means that he knows the answer before he's asking you? <laughs> before God asks you a question, he knows the answer already. He's just looking to see what you say. Then the Bible says, Jesus told them, whosoever will be great among you, let him be the least. And who will be great among you? Let him be as one that serves. Let him be the last. And let him be as one that serves. So I've come to serve you with the word of God. It cannot be that uh, when you say you are hungry, that we just go and find some kenke they bought two years ago that has been frozen. And then we put it in the microwave. Have you seen that microwave kenke? It's very hard like a chenesa. We cannot just bring you that it is kenke you want. So here's your kenke. No. You must be served well. That's why I meditate on the word of God. Find extra. I prepare before I come. Amen. You cannot succeed if you don't prepare ahead. So that I want to share with you about the importance of rehearsals for your own life. You know, recently I was talking to a brother who had been struggling as a public speaker. Not that he's been, he's been struggling. And so as I was counseling him, I showed him a friend of his who's excellent at public speaking. Then I told him that, look, we all learn from church. I said, we all learn from church. I've learned a lot from being a pastor. I'll be more blessed by being a pastor than the church has been blessed by me being a pastor. So I told him, I see this gentleman who's an excellent public speaker. He started by leading prayer in church. Then the brother corrected me and said, no, I started by giving announcements. You see, prayer is even like a higher form because prayer to give Can I just come and stand and say, let us lift up our body. It's not like that. That's why we are even launching this book today. Flow prayer. Flow prayer book. All bishops' messages. So all the prayer um, of the flow prayer meetings. Can you believe it? Are all here. Point by point by point. Ah! From today, if you don't pray, it means the monitoring spirits from your house, they are very strong. They will never let you go. 
the monitoring spirits. It means that your background. Ah, no. You, you should stop binding demons and principalities. Start dealing with Satan himself. If after this book, your pray, you, I mean, you still cannot pray. Ah, it means that maybe you are not saved. But he said, I didn't even start from leading. When I came to church, you said, I begin announcement. Jesus Christ said, He that is faithful in little, little will also be faithful in much. You see, then I saw that, you see, his public speaking, it actually starts from something small that he's been preparing for. A little announcement in church. On Wednesday, we will be meeting from 6 to 8. Friday is prayer meeting. Sunday, church service from 7 to 9 and from 9 to 11. That's all. But that was actually his preparation for becoming a very successful public speaker. Never ever let your opportunity for rehearsals go waste. Amen. That is different from going to sleep with somebody and say you are preparing for uh, marriage. That's not what I'm talking about. Yes? Thank you. I love you too. I love you too. Bishop says in the book, rehearsals are always an important form of preparation. That's why the army you see them always training, training, rehearsing, training, jump, jumping from a parachute. Then when they get down, they'll put a parachute back in the bag. Then they'll go again and jump again. They are rehearsing for the day when they are called upon. What are the kinds of preparation you'll be involved in? Number one, to prepare is to rehearse your fighting skills. Look, life is, life is war. The Bible says the days of man are few and full of trouble. Job said, in Job chapter 6, he said, the life of man upon earth is a warfare. I think Job 660 also. He said, the life of man on earth is a warfare. Life is war. You are either fighting for your health, fighting for your family, fighting for your education, fighting for your children. Yes. Always fighting for something, fighting for the church. I don't want to talk about the pastors fighting, fighting orangus. You must learn, look, you must learn how to fight, otherwise, the devil will overcome you. For he said, We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But he didn't say we don't wrestle, though. he's telling you the wrestling that we do. We are fighting against principalities, against powers. Against rulers of the darkness of this world. That they're fighting you. That's what the Bible says. And the flesh wars against the spirit. It's not the spirit that fights first though. It's the flesh that wars against the spirit. Then the spirit wars against the flesh. The Bible says, and the two are contrary to the one. If you look, you are your greatest enemy. Your flesh is your greatest enemy. Not your mother-in-law. Not your mother-in-law. Your flesh. He said, the flesh fights against the spirit. Your first fight is your fight against you. Most of us would be far better off if we could win 
the battle of the self fight. <laughs> the battle against yourself. Yourself is your flesh. Like Paul said, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. That's why he said, I keep under my body in 1 Corinthians 9.27 and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, after I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. It was one of the first scriptures I memorized. But in the Living Bible, or some of the other versions, it says that I beat my body, treated it like a slave. Ish, you fight. Again, the last of the flesh. Look, <laughs> again, the last of the eyes. Again, the pride of life, you fight. You cannot love every girl you see. As for nice, they are nice. But if God created them, why would they not be nice? The Bible says God himself looked and said it is good. Something that God is calling good. Then what hope do you have? God sent angels. Come and look at what's going on on earth. Angels who are spirits and don't have flesh. When they came, eh? And they saw these creatures with flesh. Their spirits developed flesh to interact with these creatures. Jezebel had not even yet been created. Neither had Delilah. These women creatures were even closer to the original nature of God. Angels are falling. You and I. You and I. What hope do we have? You and I, what hope do we have? Unless you fight yourself, you will fall. If angels are falling, then be careful. And keep under your body. You must have a certain hatred. If you are a man, eh, or you are a male, you must have a certain fear. I'm not talking about godly fear. I'm talking about afraid type of fear. For women. If women don't trust themselves, then you man. Women themselves don't trust themselves. They know themselves. They don't trust. Jesus, look, one of my the most beautiful scriptures, John 2 24. John 2 24. And Jesus did not commit himself unto man or human beings. Men and women. For he knew what was in man. He knew how men. You. I mean, you see a girl, don't you love her? You see another one, you love her. What Jesus is not doing. Jesus who created us all. What God, Jesus is God. What God is not doing, you are doing. When you see a woman there, you must have like, almost like a negative posture towards females. Maybe let me change it from woman to female. <laughs> if you are going to keep your body, the Bible says that, that every man should know how to possess his own vessel unto sanctification. Can you see the way you have to squeeze your face? Hey! One day I was building a house and uh, I went to a shop on Spintex Road to by the, the towels were finished, so I said, let me go and see if I can just get a few boxes from, I went to a certain shop. 
Hey, I saw a certain girl. As soon as I saw the girl, I thought that of the presence of demons. Oh, yes. Her skin was bronze. And I don't know how it is, but I could see like gold dust is on the skin. Hey! Immediately, all my spiritual and physical antenna. As soon as I saw the girl, I said, I'll never buy towels in this shop. Meet us. I'll never buy towels in this shop. The girl. I know she's a demon. She can never be a human being. Her skin was like bronze. And I could see like the skin was shining like metal. It's, I don't know. I can't describe it. Immediately, I began to sweat. Someone, I, was, I began to sweat. Immediately. Then the girl came to me. <laughs> Why are you sweating? <laughs> I can never forget that. She said, Why are you sweating? The mutual, I brought my demon face. I said, nothing. I said, I'm looking for... What I did was, I scanned the shop, looked for the kind of tile they don't have, and I said, that's the one I want. Do you have black tiles with white edges? <laughs> I didn't say that, but I, but I asked for something they don't have. They said, you are sweating. Can I offer you some water? I said, no. No, no. It's not everywhere. They told the prophet, do not eat bread in Bethel. I said, no. Don't bring me water. He said, the thousand one, I'm coming. Ah! She came back with water, cool, chilled water on a tray. I said, I won't drink it. I said, I want this towel. We don't have it, but we'll be getting some new consignment to give, give me your phone number. Like, when I slept, my legs went under my legs, isn't it? I gave her a wrong number, and I left the shop. From that day, every time I drive in front of that shop, I'll tell my wife, you see this shop, there's a bad girl there. <laughs> yes. Hey! You see this shop? I used to talk. There's a bad girl in this shop. Never go there. But some of you, oh, you give her your number, your mother's number. If you cannot reach me on this one, you can reach me on this one. That's why you have problems all the time. You don't keep it. You don't fight. Psalm 144 verse 1. Psalm 18 verse 34. He said, Thou, O Lord, the blessed are thou, O Lord, who teaches my hands to fight and my fingers to battle, so that a bow of steel, of bronze, of brass is broken by my hand. God is the number one teacher of fighting. Look what the Bible says. It said, and the Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace, oh, what does he do? You crush Satan under your feet. Prince of Peace is for fighting. That's the Bible, that the Prince of Peace. You would think the Prince of Peace will lie down and sleep. Say, and the Prince of Peace will crush Satan underneath your feet. You see, if you don't learn how to crush Satan, you see your marriage disintegrating before your eyes. You see your children becoming wayward. Look, the devil, the Bible says he can't steal, kill, destroy. The good news is God has put him under our feet. Through crushing him. Every battle you go through today, God is preparing you for battles ahead. Yes. You must learn how to go down on your knees. Hold the horns of the altar 
cry to God to intervene because there'll be a bigger battle tomorrow. The Bible said that and Satan left the man for a season. Look at Jesus. The same temptations that came to him at the beginning in the 40-day fast, the end of his 40-day fast, turned the stones to bread, last of the flesh, and show him the world. Uh, if you bow down before me, I'll give it to you. Last of the eyes, jump from the mountain, and I'll save you. Pride of life, show power. They said, came to him at the cross. If you are the son of God, come down, drink vinegar. Same thing. There is nothing new. Same temptation that came to Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. Same temptations at the end. But Charlie, being on the 40-day fast is different from being on the cross. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. God will prepare you for the cross one by giving you a foretaste in the wilderness. May you go to God to teach your hands to fight now. If some small girl in your office, you are the boss. Some, you say some small national service girl is tempting you. You can't overcome that one. Then what if your boss is now chasing you? What, what will you do? When you can win the battle of the national service girl, you would have been prepared. Say that, oh, woman, you should be like the eunuchs. When Jehu entered Jezreel, Jezebel went to do makeup. That's why she fear girls who do makeup. That try to charm you. Bible says, when Jezebel heard that Jehu had entered Israel, she went to do makeup. I think it says, is that the Bible that said it? Because Jezebel knew that makeup has an effect on fools. Not knowing Jehu was a master anti woman uh, campaigner, <laughs> anti feminism. She did make up. And the Bible said, when she saw Jehu had come, then Jesus wanted to stand at the window and smile. Hello! Hi, Jehu! Are you coming up? <laughs> she didn't know she had met her meter. Jehu shouted, Who is on the Lord's side? And three eunuchs. A eunuch is somebody who is not moved by women. Appeared in the window and said, We are here. Your, your boys are on the ground. <laughs> Jehu said, Throw her down. Hey, when I see women with makeup, I become afraid. I say, What is she trying to accomplish? What is their aim? What is their project for today? <laughs> yes. Who is the target? Who is the target? Who are they aiming for? Learn to fight and win your battles. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Thy servant, me, David. I will go and fight Goliath today. What was David's CV? He said, One day I was looking after my father's sheep, and a lion came for one of the sheep. He should have gone to the other neighbor's sheep. But he came from one of my sheep. He said, when I saw that the lion has come from my sheep, you and I would have run away. But he, David, he ran after the lion. He was rehearsing for Goliath. 
And when he caught the lion, he hit the lion. And when the lion turned to fight against him, he caught him by the beard and killed him. So when he saw Goliath, he said, What did man who see before? Lion said, Man, they kill. They said, A bear also. After the lion was a bear. This is why some people feel that David was a stepchild. Because if your son comes to tell you that a lion came, would you send your son to a place where there's a lion? Then a bear also came. And they sent him back. Because when he went to kill Goliath, it was from the sheep place that he went there. But David had been rehearsing in killing abnormal creatures. So when he saw Goliath, he said, ah, this one is easier than the lion and the bear. May you win your battles today to prepare you for your battles tomorrow. May you win all your battles so that it gives you the confidence you need. Newton's laws of motion say that a body continues in the same motion and the same direction unless it is overcome by an equal or opposite force. What that means is that if you win today, it will be easier for you to win tomorrow. And if you fail today, it will be easier for you to fail tomorrow. So win your today battles to prepare you for your battles tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Number two, to prepare is to rehearse your shepherding skills. God told David, I took thee from the sheepfold, even from following the sheep, and I made you the ruler over my people, Israel. When you become a shepherd, you will be surprised that you are actually preparing yourself to become a ruler of the people of God one day. Amen. You gain so much free experience by shepherding work. One of the things you learn is not to believe the words people say. How many people do you invite? You know, when we were in India, there was, there was even a joke we used to crack. When you invite people to church, as I say, we don't come to church tomorrow. He said, Oh, yes. Then they will mention the address of the church and where the church is. Then they'll even tell you that, Oh, you want me to come with my brother and my sister, isn't it? The time is nine o'clock, isn't it? We'll be there without fail. It even became like a joke. When they say for church, their phone will be off. So three hours after that, oh, my uncle sent me. When you meet him next week, you say the same thing again. When you do shepherdorial work, you actually train yourself in, in learning human behavior that what people say is different from what they do. When you become a female shepherd and your sheep have lied to you so many times, you even learn how to detect lies. So, so the day a man comes and says, how oh, my love for you is more than God's love for you. You look at the person, he will immediately remind you of one of your sheep. <laughs> Who lies a lot. You will learn how to identify liars. How to identify people you shouldn't trust. You even learn that people you are fighting for, they are sleeping at home. I'll ask you a question. Please be honest. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. How many of you have sent somebody a text? I'm praying for you. You were, you slept. Immediately you put the phone down. You slept. I don't, do, not you. 
Do you know somebody it has happened to before? Not you. Yo, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. The closest you got to pray for the person was the text you sent. So it will teach you yourself that what people say is different from what they do. And you learn to become a master at knowing people. Without knowing people, you end up trusting the wrong person and the wrong people. Not knowing your rehearsals in church as a percentile leader, as a percentile member. Percentile leader, you say, oh, we are going for evangelism to share flyers at 3 p.m. How many people will come? Oh, we'll be there, 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 we'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> you'll be the only person. Like Bishop says, if a pastor declares a fast, he should know that he is the one going to fast. <laughs> he is the one going to fast. The church members, if they come they, to do their face very mobile, <laughs> if you like, ask them if they are fasting. They say, well, I fasted till 9 o'clock. A.M. A.M. <laughs> Your rehearsals as a shepherd was actually your rehearsals for leadership. Never back down on an opportunity to do something in the house of God. Number three. Oh, if you are clapping, clap well. If you are clapping. Number three. To prepare is also to rehearse your preaching skills. You know, you'll be surprised that one of the difficult things for people is to speak in public. Some people just cannot do it. They wish they could, they want to, but for some reason they can't. But when you can't, I mean, I remember the first time I ever preached. It was to four people in a weekday small group ministry fellowship meeting. When the person who was supposed to preach, they didn't come. And so the pastor, now Bishop Jacob Godwell in Boaki, asked me, that, would you like to share your quiet time? And that day I had my quiet time solid from Mark chapter 8. Oh, and I shared, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me, and uh, your mother, your father, that, uh, what does that even say? Who, if you love your mother and father more than me, you are not worthy of me, your brother. Hey, and I shared it with revelation. Oh, when I finished, then he said, Wow, that's what I was also coming to share. But the way the guy shared it, there is nothing more to add. Oh, me now, I felt that day like I was on Bishop B. Who is, oh, shared with revelations and points and examples and encouragement and a few rebukes here and there. <laughs> but that was the first time I ever shared. I never knew that through that kind of preaching, speaking in public, I'll travel around the world teaching churches, congregations, one by one, different countries. 44 different countries. I'll be soon be going to Congo next month. Yes. Six different cities. Preaching conferences. Recently, they told me that a pastor wanted to host me in uh, Kinshasa. He said, so when I called my spoke, then I went on Facebook to go and check that. Who is this person? Hey! They say he's the father of the body of Christ in uh, Africa. Yeah, I'll be in this church. It's one of the reasons why I'm, I've been praying a lot because, Charlie, I have to prepare myself every hands for that uh, preaching appointment. Yes. Because some places, look, 
somebody told me that this guy's church, when you stand there, it will open the door to Francophone Africa. Hey, so I'll be rehearsing. Every preaching I preach, I'm imagining standing in the mouth. Rehearsing, 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 rehearsing. I want to rehearse it with you this morning. It's part, it's part of my rehearsals. Luke chapter 9. Jesus was preparing his people to preach. He called his 12 disciples and told them, And into whatsoever house you enter, there abide until you depart. And whichsoever city will not receive you, when you go out, shake off your dad from that city for a testimony against them. And they departed. This Luke chapter 9. He told her to go into a house and into a city. In Acts 1 8, look at what he told them. He said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And now, guess what? You shall be my witnesses in Judea. Now, no more a house. Samaria, no more a house. Then he told them, You'd also be my um, disciples. To the uttermost part of the earth. When he sent them to a house and to a city, it was their rehearsals before he would send them to the rest of the world. May you take advantage of all your rehearsals that God will send you and use you to do something big in Jesus' name. Amen. Next, to prepare is to rehearse your healing ministry. Look. Prayer for the sake is not for pastors. Prayer for the sake is for Christians. In Matthew 16, verse 16, he said, verse 17, he said, and these signs shall follow those who believe. Not those who are Christians, those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And whenever you have a chance as a shepherd to go and visit someone, he says, I couldn't come to church because I have a headache. That is your rehearsal opportunity. Pray for the person in the name of and always stand upon scripture. You know, one day I heard Bishop Ajinasari speaking about healing, and he says something very encouraging. He said that I have not promised to heal anybody, <laughs> it is God who said I should pray and He will heal. So it is His job to heal. It is my job to pray. So as for me, I'll pray. If God wants to disgrace himself, it is up to him. <laughs> I found it very encouraging. He said, no. It's God who said, if I pray, he will heal. I have done my part. It is up to If he will disgrace himself by not healing the people, it is up to him. Oh, you know, it really encouraged me that it's true. Because most of the time, we feel shy that if nobody gets healed, then people will say, ah, He's not a real man of God. No, but, it is, but there's no man who has promised to heal. It is God who has promised to heal. He said, if we lay hands on the sick, he will heal them. He said, you anoint them with all, call for the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. He said, I will heal. You pray. Whenever you have a chance to pray for the sick, that is your rehearsal time. Hey, but don't be too proud of God. I remember the first time when you pray for the sick. Charlie, I was afraid like fire. You know, that same thought, that if nobody gets healed, you are pretending to be Bishop Dad, but you are not. Hey, 
I was invited for a convention and as I was praying to God, I said, what should I preach? Oh, pray, do I preach about the healing anointing? I said, Jesus, no, it cannot be. If, if nobody gets healed, I'm this great. I mean, it cannot be. I mean, like, you want me to... Say, no, it kept up. So I said, I'll do it. Instead of being humble, so I went for the convention, preached on the healing anointing, powerfully. But you see, the preaching has to end and the prayer has to start. I preached that I was afraid to end. Because when you end the prayer, when you end the preaching, you now have to pray so that like, you confirm the preaching. But I was too afraid. I extended the preaching for a long time out of fear. But at the point, time is going. You have to stop. So I stopped. And I remembered that when Bishop is doing healing, anointing, after the prayer, he will sing songs. No, he will encourage him, then he sing. I sang. Ah. <laughs> I was afraid to finish the singing, but after the singing, you don't have to pray for the sake. But at the point, the songs also have to end. So I ended the songs. Then I remember that Bishop said, You pray. If you are sick in any part of your body, put your hands there. So I said, If you are sick in any part, put your hands there. Pray. Oh, the demon we casted the one from Togo from. Oh, oh. But at the point, the prayers also have to end. Then you take testimonies. Charlie, now after the prayer, I began to sing again. I closed my eyes singing, but the truth is, my eyes were closed out of fear. Because I said, if any of you is, uh, has been healed, lift up your hands. That's what's called the moment of truth. Your two hours of preaching, singing, did that. now we are there. Now, how to open my eyes to see if somebody has lifted up their hand. That is my new problem in life. So, at the point, I did as if I was in the spirit. My eyes were, I was afraid to open because if nobody hands is up, I disgraced myself. So, after a while, I opened my left eye, the corner, small one, so that in case nobody's hand is up, I'll close it again quickly. Then I'll find a way to end the service. When I opened my eyes, I saw three hands up. Come and see. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Instead of being humble, my pride down came. I now pretended like, oh, healings are a common thing I experience all the time. So I said, if you've been healed, come to the front. You see, it was a different country at which I didn't know the people. So when the guy came, the first guy came, I said, give him a microphone. <laughs> what happened to you? He said, since morning, I've had a terrible feeling of depression and anxiety and whatever, whatever, whatever. But as you said, if you put your hands on her heart, I felt something lifting. Instead of continuing to be like Bishop and just pray for the person to go, <coughs> I diverted into prophetic ministry at that point. And I said, Yes, it's because you are not prayerful. And God has called you to prayer and whatever. What do you do in church? I'm the shepherd of the prayer ministry. Jesus. I'm the shepherd of the prayer ministry. I said, no. Something bad is happening. Something bad is happening here today. So, 
instead of retreating quickly, I went deeper. I said, yes, that's it. You are the shepherd of the prayer, but you've not prayed today. That's why God is convicting you. Have you prayed today? Yes, three hours. Then I said, this boy, I said in my head, if I follow this boy, he's for my convention. I immediately said, go and say no more. Something, something. I mixed it up with something. Sucked him from the stage. Hey! Today, he's a mystery in Liberia. But I can never forget that day. But from that day, <laughs> from that day, look, healing, one day I went somewhere, look, I pray, apart from those who are healed, anybody who is not healed, come. The Bible also says that you shall lay hands on the sick. So, uh, so those who put their hands where the sickness was and they were healed were part one. Then part two, where do that I lay hands on and cast out the sickness and they were healed on the spot. Oh yes. I was like a magician. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, one day I prayed to God, I said, God, I don't know what's going on, but when I have a crusade, very few people get saved. More people get healed than get saved. But salvation is more important than healing. But I started small by one mistake. So now, when you come, I don't do that thing again, no. That like you come, I'm trying to interpret the sickness and the call. I, I'm going to stop that thing. <laughs> you see, in your rehearsals, you will make mistakes at the rehearsal. And you know what to do and what not to do. Never ever miss an opportunity for rehearsal. That is why even in the medical world, in surgery, before you start performing surgery, there is a process. You, you watch a procedure being done. You don't do one unless you kill someone. You watch a procedure being done. Then after that, you assess the surgeon in doing the procedure before you will now be given a chance to do one. In the church, it's also the same. You watch it being done. That's why to become a shepherd, to become a pastor, you need to be available to see, to be part of meetings, to be taught, to be given a chance to do something. Then little by little, you take advantage of your rehearsals and you become excellent, more excellent, till you become most excellent. Let's stand to our feet. You want to pray for yourself as we close? That God will help you to take advantage of your opportunities to rehearse. 